Welcome to PageCast, a podcast series brought to you by Jonathan Bull Publishers, aimed to give you the story behind the story. By interviewing the authors responsible for some of your most loved books, we explore the thoughts, ideas, emotions, and creative processes that led to the writing of these books. If you're a reader with a zesty interest in people and stories, do stick around and enjoy what PageCast has to offer. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. My name is Wamuian Bao, and I am going to be in conversation with the delightful Yuande Omotosu. Uh, I want to start with a very brief <coughs> introduction. Uh, Yuande Omotosu is, in my estimation, one of our finest contemporary writers. Her oeuvre is uh, distinctive and richly diverse, uh, including the novels Bomb Boy, which garnered a South African Literary Award uh, when it came out, as well as being a finalist in the Etisalat Prize for Literature, and the novel The Women Next Door, which was long-listed for the Bailey's Women's Prize for Literature and short-listed for the International Dublin Literary Award. Yuande's latest novel, An Unusual Grief, was published last year by Cassava Press, and it has been earning its share of critical acclaim. Where did the idea for the novel germinate from? You know, how did it... And yeah, how did you come up with it? Yes, yes, and I mean, it's, 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 the, it's, uh, it's such the tempting question, the obvious question, the necessary question, and also a question that I think sometimes um, sort of gives permission to lie, <laughs> because, because it, you know, if I want to be sort of prosaic and appear organized, I would answer it straightforwardly. But I mean, the reality is, where do ideas come from, right? So for me, I probably wrote this over five years, and um, I know for a fact, when I started writing it, I didn't know what I was doing, you know, so, which is why that question is always so difficult, because I knew a little bit, I knew that I wanted to write about um, death and motherhood, and I, um, and I wanted to look at this um, dynamic between a mother and a daughter. Um, but there were versions of the story where uh, Yinka and her girlfriend were, you know, going to have a baby. There were versions of the story where Mojisola and her errant husband Titus try and find Yinka in, um, not Franchuk, but in Prince Albert. You know, they drive from Cape Town to Prince Albert. So there were, ver they, so I always feel like I'm meandering, testing, probing things, realizing it's not that, going back, realizing it's not that, going back, and so. I can never answer that question in a straightforward manner. Um, well, were you surprised at where you ended up with the novel? No, um, I don't think surprise is the word. Um, satisfied? Good. In the sense that I, I feel like I've checked many avenues and mm. this is the avenue. It, um, it, satisfied, sorry, it makes it sound like I think you know, it's all that. Satisfied doesn't mean that the story necessarily is perfect. It's a lovely story. Um, but but, but no, I want to really make sure I'm clear when I say satisfied. Satisfied means that I feel like it's become what it had to be. Hmm. So I've, I've done my due diligence and attempted to push it in this direction and a bit in that direction, no, no, in that direction. And finally we found the root. It's almost like lava or something. You know, hmm. and then you find the root for this thing to come out. And this seems to me to be the right route. Now, you know, in people's readings, they'll find it this way or that way. And that's another... That's a whole other life of the story. But for me, I think, I think I've done the job I needed to do with this, these characters and this particular narrative. It, it feels like a very complete novel. I think that's the, 
the rewarding thing for you know, that I took away from reading it was that, you know, you, with some novels you close them and you kind of feel like, oh, I, you know, something is not satisfying. There was more that could be said. Mm. But with this, I, I think that you you managed to create a, a story arc that that ends in a satisfying way that feels complete. I don't mm. know how else to put it. Mm. You know, mm. And that's lovely. Thank you. So I, w I want to follow on from that with a question, you know, like a, a slightly more considered question now about families and intimacy. You know, I think families are often a very rich sense of fiction material because we all know that belonging to a family is often a rather fraught thing. It's often, you know, filled with complexities and negotiations and and difficulties, of course. Mm. And in this novel, you know, we have a mother seeking to understand her daughter's suicide and also then seeking to kind of think about her own place in this family which has fallen apart so suddenly. Yeah. But we also know that it's about, you know, sort of the big family questions, you know, what we can and can't talk about, the parts of ourselves that we keep from our loved ones and so on. So, again, I guess I want to know, like, what, is, what was the impulse that drove you towards these themes? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think um, sort of three books in that, that it's safe to say I'm obsessed with mothers and death. <laughs> so, 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 mother, so I think, and by default, I guess, when one considers mothers is the family, the unit that mm. that, that, that figure might sit in. And um, here in particular... I think one of the things that you touched on that I'm that I find compelling is is silences. Mm. You know the silences in families. Yeah. Um, and um, the the often horrific, tragic mm. consequences of certain kinds of silences. Yeah. Um, and I really wanted to. So that was something that I, I like that I. I feel I'm compelled by and, and found myself um, exploring. And also um, generations, and a, a bit of a personal story, you know, my dad is elderly and unwell. And, and um, one of the things I, I'm aware of is in many ways, it's end of life. It might be a five year end of life or a 10 year end of life. We'd love it to be a really long end of life, but it, however long it is, it, it is end of lifetimes for him. Um, and I, you know, I'm sort of wanting to engage and be open and talk. And then I had to remember that my dad's father died when he was quite young. Mm. And then to tomorrow, nobody has told him his dad died, right? So I'm interested also in, in, the, gen, in, gener, in like the things we expect of our parents. Yeah. But then we also have to remember what did they expect of their parents and their parents' parents. And this idea of the line mm. and how things knock, knock over, knock over generation by generation. When do we repair or when does, when does something just get seeded, yeah. continually seeded? So I, th that's also, I feel, a thread in the story because we, there's Yinka's story, but really we also look a bit at Mujisala and Titus sure. who are her parents and in some way their parents yeah, or the absence yeah. of their parents. Yeah. Um, and I'm interested in that. You know, I think we need to temper ourselves with that perspective, mm. just the humanity of each each person in their in their spot, doing what they can yeah. uh, with the with what they have, mm. um, still with tragic consequences. But so you you weigh it like this: you want to, you know, do you blame? 
or you partly blame and you also partly have a sense of humanity mm. and generosity towards. Um, and I'm, oh, I'm also a parent now. Mm. I mean, I became a, not like I forgot, but I, I'm just realizing <laughs> that, <laughs> no, but, you know, the book was written when I was not a parent and towards the end, I, I have twin boys and I also now, now I'm, you know, and, and I'm failing, you know, I'm, I'm also like, wow, I'm so ill-equipped, right? And then I look, so, so we're, we, and then we do our best. I, the, the, I know someone said, well, I'll give my children new problems. <laughs> I would, I'll try and heal mine and they can find their own new, you know, uh, pathologies and, and see their therapist whenever they need them when they're of age, have a little kitty on the side for that. But. Yeah, just, yeah, I think that, that, that viewpoint of the different generations I think is important. Mm. And we don't always have that. That line from Philip Larkin comes to mind. I won't repeat it because we're in a church. But <laughs> the... Maybe that's why you should. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? They, they fuck you up, your mum and dad. They may not mean to, but they do, you know. <laughs> um, I, I think it is very interesting that you do manage to tell what is a, a generational story, you know, in, in a very compacted way, you know, because, I mean, mm. you know, without it turning into this very rambling narrative, and also then without leaving out crucial detail, you mm. manage to, to show how, um, you know, the problems that often exist within our psyches and within our lives kind of stretch back to things that, that happen when we're young, you know, mm. I think for Montresola, mm. definitely, um, a lot of the novel is her reckoning with that, you know, the, the situation of her mother and who she thought was her mother mm -hmm. and all of those things. Mm. Um, and I, I think in that regard, the novel is very, um, again, it, it's very satisfying the way that you manage to, to kind of weave that tale because mm. you show that, you know, very often the problems that we tend to think of as being uniquely our own are actually entangled along generational lines in a very interesting way. I think so, I do think so. The thing with Compact, just by the way, I'd love to write a novel this thick. <laughs> I try, I always try. No, I'm always impressed and in awe of the authors that do that. I'm looking at Echo. Um, but, but yeah, so you say compact. I mean, I would have loved, not rambling, not in a way that it there was unnecessary. very rare exceptions, <laughs> but very often as a reviewer, I find if a novel is that long, yeah, it could have not, been edited better. Yeah, you know, yeah. like Maybe the reason I have that ambition is somebody, there was some, a publisher or a, a, a buyer, I don't know what they're called for a publisher, and he said, he said, you know, the novel that he was given was just ridiculously massive and he felt like on that merit alone he ought to to sign the book because it, like that amount of ambition I mean that doesn't seem very sensible does dazzle them but, with but, size yes. yeah that's the I mean now I say it it sounds silly but for anyway for whatever reason I mean I'm impressed by it I'm not able to write thick books it's coming though <laughs> I'm trying. I think your, your, your novels are, I mean, this with, certainly yeah. with an unusual grief, it's what I'd call a deceptively thick novel. Oh, yeah, I like that. Compact, that's good, that's good. And it reads You've done your job, don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> we can move on from <laughs> this point. But it's lovely. Let's talk about Mojisola. Yes. Because, again, I think she's a very uh, interesting character. You know, when we encounter her, um, you know, she's this sort of, in a daze, she's reeling, she's trying to make sense of something which is, of course, completely senseless, you know, the death of a child. Mm. Um, and when the novel follows her through 
you know, a world which seems very uncertain and then slowly begins to make sense. You know, she's slowly sort of putting her world back together. What made you decide that she was a voice through which to tell the story? Um, in some ways, when, when I started writing the novel, I, um, I felt it was too close. My, my mom died <clears throat> when I was in my early 20s. She was ill. And I just thought I couldn't tell it from the daughter's perspective. It felt too, like I didn't, I wanted a, a kind of a, a different foil for myself as a, and some creative permission not to get stuck in. Um, so I, I, I said, well, what if I had died? I mean, that's a little cryptic, but I said, well, what if I died and my mom had lived and had mourned me? So put myself in, 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 in those shoes. Um, I think I'm also somebody who, I, I, again, I feel like I, I, I find those stories of women in their, I'm 42, women in their 50s, early 60s, you know, 70s, 80s, I don't know, I find those stories a lot more compelling. Like that's what mm. obsesses me more than writing from a younger voice. Mm. Um, so there was also that, just I wasn't drawn to that, that mm. other voice. Um, the other thing to say, again, because I said I, I did many versions of the book, there were versions where Yinka, the daughter who's in her early 20s, was a lot more present than absent mm. in the novel and had her own narrative in the novel. Uh, um, there were versions where Titus featured a lot more than he does. He comes in in a way, but he, he featured more again, as one of the narrators. Mm. Um, so I did try, you know, to tell it, but, but then, and a lot, and then, and then at some point, I understood it's, it's actually Modusala's story yeah. in many ways. Mm. And, then, and then I kind of settled down and worked to tell that story. Mm. I think this, this is the novel it was meant to be. I, I, I really yeah. think that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, wanted, I, I do want to stay on that point a bit. There's, there's a film that I've been, kind of itching to watch it. It's, it's about to come on circuit. It's called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And okay. one of my favorite essayists, Mona El Tawi, wrote this essay about how um, it's so gratifying to have a film uh, come out which has an older woman, you know, a woman in her 50s, you know, an immigrant woman especially, mm. at the center of the story. And I mean, this is, it's kind of a continuing conversation that's been happening more recently about how very often, um, women above the age of, let's say, 35, 30, are, are kind of this vanishing hmm. gap. You know, it's like you, you, you disappear from hmm. representation. Um, and so I think that it's, it's, it's incredibly interesting that you have a novel where you, you really, you give it to Modusola, you know, you don't, yeah. I, I, I like that you resisted the urge to have the man voice, you know, coming in there at any point. You, know, yeah. you have all of these characters that she interacts with, but it's very much through her and yeah. through her gaze. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it is. I mean, I think... I mean, it, it, it's, it's interesting what you're saying about the, the, the kinds of stories, you know, what, what stories are allowed and what stories permeate the most. And um, I, I feel in many ways I had to fight a bit for the novel, like when we were submitting it and getting feedback, um, because the, the story is also about, it's Modusala, but it's also about her awakening and her yeah. sexual awakening yes. and, her, and desire, you know, because that's, that's the other bit, like don't, ooh, you know, don't talk about a woman in her 50s having desire. Desire you know? and this grief is, in the same We're in a church, you know, yeah. like don't, and, I, and I, I remember somebody, one of the editors being a bit, um, I mean, I think she was 
if with all due respect, a, a bit prudish mm. in her response to and like squeamish a bit mm. that I was doing this. And so, I mean, I, I like what you say, and I think we, we need to fight for those stories. Mm. Um, and it's not easy because I think there's an expectation of the kind of stories that ought to come from writers from a certain part of the world, yes. from writers that look a particular way um, and that are setting their stories in a particular way. Mm. You know, so if you're setting it in South Africa, then you have to um, cite certain things. And if you mm. don't cite those things, um, I was once asked by one editor, she, she asked, well, you know, where's the hook? You know, mm. Because your other book had a hook and apartheid. And, and I thought, you know, where's the room for a range of stories and, 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 um, and characters? Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm I part think of that what, what, what gives your novels that, that lovely texture, that grain to them, is that you don't, and especially with this, you know, it's, it's set in South Africa, but it's not what we would you know, nominally call that thing that, that ogre we call a South African novel. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, 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 it's bigger, it's more expansive. It's, the setting you know, comes into it in an interesting way, mm. but it's not the, the kind of big character in the story, and mm. that's, that's really good. Okay, I wanna, I guess, desire is, is definitely where I was also heading with this, because I think it's a, it's a very interesting juxtaposition, as much as this is a novel about grief, and that's something I'll come back to, um, it is also about, ooh, okay. Sorry, sorry. Insane, insane. I thought I turned it off. Shame on them. Continue, don't mind me. Talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, 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 as you were. <laughs> so, um, I think that desire is a very interesting uh, thing in the novel in how it, it uh, takes shape, because Modrisola is, is a character who's coming out of um, what in some senses is a very kind of traditional setup, you know, a setup mm. where she's been, you know, a housewife, where she's always been this sort of a character who, who fulfills roles. She's mm. a housewife, mm. you know, she's a mother, she's mm. that. Um, and then you have her kind of exploring a side of herself which is, you know, incredibly intimate, but also incredibly sort of bold and daring, you know, especially uh, with the whole situation with D-Man, where they, because that, that, that was a very unexpected thing, I think, in the novel. But beautiful in the mm. same way, because mm. it's a way for her to kind of unfold and to know herself differently. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, so that was something I also knew from early on that I wanted to write about sex. I mean, not in a titillating way, mm. um, but to explore that, like sex and death and feeling like those two belong. There's an equation there, although I can always work out what that was. Mm. Um, and I mean, it's interesting because for a, a large part of the novel, <clears throat> I didn't really know where her, uh, Modisola's exploration would go. And only towards the end of writing the novel did I decide to, did I realize that she really gets involved through Yinka in, in, a, in a fetish lifestyle mm. and engages and really goes somewhere yeah. with that. And I mean, there were times where I, and when I, I thought, ah, yeah, Mujisola is gonna like be a dominatrix and have her little dungeon and she's gonna have, and like that didn't work. You know, I tried to write those things and, and Mujisola was like, mm-mm, that's not me. <laughs> so, 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 I mean, it was also, so what you say, like mm. the, the fact that, I mean, I like to think of her as someone, like she's scripted. Mm. She, she, she has a very scripted life and then, and then, 
the tragedy, her, her daughter dies, and that kind of... It derails her. It derails her. Yeah. She, she, it gives her permission to do her own scripting in yeah. a way. And, um, and I felt that writing that I was like, you know, this is... And I'd often try and imagine my aunts, you know, my, like my, or my dad's cousins, like try and just to help, not, not because I, I think it has to be believable, but because I, I was to, to use that to temper my own conceit. Yeah. You know, because obviously I wanted to take it in all sorts of directions, and I, I, it's like how to handle this, the, the wildness of creativity sometimes, and, and understand what the path is. Um, but I enjoyed it very much. It was a huge surprise to me as well, um, but felt right. I think it. it, it I, I'm just going to keep praising her. You know, you know what I, I have to say. But I guess. I'm, I'm interested in how you write about grief in this novel because grief is often quite a difficult thing to to voice in a in a coherent way, but also to um, you know in the the kind of topsy turvy way that it is to to give coherent voice to something which is uncohering, mm, which which mm, kind mm, of mm. detaches you from the yeah, world. Yeah. Um, and I think in this case, you know, obviously we're sitting with the story of of you know the inner life of grief in Montresor's mm. case, like mm. how she she tries to make sense of what has happened to her daughter, and also then to understand who her daughter was, you know. And mm. so I guess you know, obviously, my question then was sort of what were the things that drove you to want to explore grief in mm. this way? Mm -hmm. I mean, I th there's so many. The, the one thing I remember, there's a book called I think it's called Snoop. I've forgotten now uh, who, who, who the author is, um, but it's a book about going into people's homes in their absence, and uh, oh sorry, and um, and trying to understand who they are with, through their things and their space. I mean, I read it a really long time ago, and I, I remember always being struck by that. And somehow, when I was so this thing of grief, because it's like. It's this weird thing. My, so, so, and I, I relied a lot on my own grief. My, you know, losing my mom at a, at a sort of an age where I was womaning, and um, and it, uh, by far, maybe apart from the recent birth of my kids, is the thing that's impacted me the most in my life. Um, is my mom's death, and um, I drew a lot on my experience of grief as a twenty-something-year-old, and then as I've grown, as I've grown up. Um, and yes, you're right, there is this thing, it's almost so hard to articulate, is how your relationship with the person who's died, I mean, that doesn't die, that continues, no. but it, it continues in, in a very warped, um, bizarre, almost absurd manner, because you are growing in the physical, no. I mean, this is where all our own ideas and beliefs and spiritualities come, but maybe they're growing in some other realm, mm. but you, you're, you're the only one in the relationship growing in the physical. Yeah. And, um, and actually what happens is you might freeze them, in fact, mm. so there is no growth for them, but you're still relating. Yeah. So they're still over here, and you're here, and then you're still always relating, you know, the further away you get, and it's, it's very bizarre. Mm. And then, of course, then I, I had my own kids of late, and that's, that's thrown a whole other angle on it, to become a mom in my mom's absence, mm. you know, and um, so I mean, I think that I think I mean, there's something also very delicious about grief. There's something there's something 
there's a way in which uh, death and grief open us up, close us up as well, but, mm. but can open us up. Um, and I wanted to play with that. And I, I, this thing of snoop, this idea of in the absence of a person mm. trying to understand them, came back in. And I thought, yeah. well, you know, what if, yeah, Mudisola, so in the story, goes to her daughter's apartment. They're estranged also mm. at the time of the, the suicide. So she goes to the apartment and she's snooping through yeah. being cast things, you know, including her te- technologies and her whatever, her phones and her her laptop and what 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 is she finding and what she fi- of what she finds what does she make of it yeah because we don't even, we don't know if anything she made of it is accurate yeah. based on what was true for her daughter That's right. and i just i like the that there's no answer oh. you know someone said to me about the book oh you know um I don't know if this false things, but anyway, she's oh okay. So the the drawings aren't ever found, or I don't know. She said she sounded a bit disappointed, basically. So I, I said I said well you know, and she said oh she never finds out X Y Z, and I'm like well how 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 can she ever find out anything yeah. right? The person's gone. You've missed you've missed it. You That's, missed it. But that is for me what is so satisfying about mm, it that mm. it isn't a, a search that yields any kind of conclusive, because that's, that's impossible. You can't, yeah. And I mean, I, I, in that regard, I think the fact that you know, you've written a novel in which one of the characters, that Yinka is, you know, hence title of our talk, uh, an absence, mm-hmm. you know, she's someone who is, she's there, but she's not, you know, like a, a sort of an onstage presence in that regard, mm-hmm. you know, like she's, we see her through, you know, the reminiscences of her parents and yeah. through other people's interactions with her, but it's always, you know, as if you're, they're talking about someone who has just <laughs> left the room, you know? Yeah. Um, and that, that, that is very interesting because you get this, you know, you have the outline of the person, the, per- the shape that they've left in the world, but she's they're not, not there. there. Yeah, you know. they're not there. And that's, I mean, and that's the pain of it, isn't mm. it? That's the pain of it, and you, you need to sit with that. But of course, then that's also, as you as you point out, you know, like in our current uh, sort of age and climate, you know, the the thing of going through someone's possessions and you know, like trying to Mm-mm. make their possessions stand in for them and trying to understand yeah. them through yeah. the objects of their world, yeah. that takes on an incredible and interesting new dimension, you know, a slightly uncanny dimension yeah. with the digital objects that we have on us, you know, our cell phones, our, you know, I, I, the, the, when Marjisola is trying to unlock, you know, the laptop and uh, trying yeah. to unlock the phone and, you know, when she finally gets into these things, you know, which seem to promise that these will finally tell her things, I mean, they reveal something, but not, again, not a lot, not, mm. it, they, they seem to raise more questions than they actually answer. Yeah, you know. yeah, I, I think so, and I mean, again, it's also a very personal, I remember um, packing up my parents' home, you know, I found, and I found, I found things of my mom's, it was after my mom died and my dad moved, you know, I found my, my mom's wedding dress, which I'd never seen mm-hmm. when she was alive, and you know, somehow I found the dress, um, and I found, you know, other things that were hers that, so again, and it's an, it's an interesting turn on the silences, because you, mm. you then, they're not there to talk about that, yes. but you, you have feelings about it, you have a moment about it, <laughs> you know, but you don't, it's not shared, it's, and again, that's the, so there's, there's a lot of that, I guess grief is, is 
Tinder for the, mm. those kind of experiences. Um, <laughs> and it, it feels like those are profound experiences, but I almost don't know why or what mm. they mean. Mm. They just, you know, maybe because the person was meaningful to you or, um, yeah. So I, again, this thing of things, you know, Mujisola finding things of being kind The objects that one leaves behind, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did have a very selfish uh, moment in the aftermath of reading the novel where I was looking around and going, like, what? You know, if someone were to come into my world, what what would they what say? Would they, <laughs> you know, who are should, you? What should I destroy? <laughs> you know, all of that. I know, I know, but also, yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's a good experiment. <laughs> you know, if, if you if you were God like that for some reason, I'm not sort of you know for some reason, and somebody found somebody found stuff. You know, what would they what would they make of it? We should all go and delete all those things now after this. Delete your browser you. history now. <laughs> So, I mean, I, I, I've, I kind of held back from touching on, on him a bit, but um, the Titus, yes. uh, again, a rather interesting figure, yes. because of how you treat him in, in, in the story. I think, mm. you know, traditionally, I, you know, with, with writing, you often feel, I, sometimes I think one feels compelled to be a bit more even-handed with the characters, but I like how the narrative develops because you don't make him a feature. You know, men tend to over-dominate in narrative, generally speaking, we know this. So, <laughs> like, to have him be there, but, you know, his story isn't actually what matters, you know. Mm. I mean, obviously, you know, we have Modrisola kind of dealing with the dissolution of her marriage mm. and, you know, the reasons why that's happened, but we don't give, you don't give reams and reams of space to Titus to explain mm. himself. And the yeah. fact that, you know, yeah. he keeps kind of trying to, to give <laughs> her this journal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> Shove himself into the... Into the story, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Titus. He, um, <laughs> I, I mean, I think he, he uh, I mean, that wasn't deliberate, but maybe a, a subconsciously felt like the right way to handle someone like that. Mm. And I mean, I think that it's like the hubris of, of, of Titus yes. and the, the, the big ego and, um, and the, the, the good person and the well-meaning person, right? The learned, but still so problematic and so takes up too much space. I mean, yep. that's actually one yep. of the things that are so... So the, you know, in the book, he can learn his lesson because mm. he, he, we give him a section. This is your section, but, and no else. Yes. Um, but it's that wasn't that. But that came later as well. Yeah. There were times when it, it wasn't that way that he showed up, um, and so I also have to learn. Like, okay, this is this is how he belongs in the book, <laughs> not in any other way. Now, um, I was thinking about uh, you mentioned uh, setting, and it twigged with one of the questions I had, which was, I know my 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 colleague uh, Jennifer refers to. Um, you know, <laughs> this novel is sort of the great Midran novel. Prone to hyperbole? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, Jennifer. Jennifer. It's like, this is a... It, it, it's a fascinating novel, and I think that's, uh, that's maybe what she was trying to get at. Mm. But, uh, you know, but um, Midran is an unusual setting. It's a very unusual setting to have so much of the story taking place there. Yeah. Say yeah, something yeah, yeah. about it. Yeah, but I mean, and, but we, we, that's where we want to put our stories, right? An unusual <laughs> set. Who was I talking, what were we talking about? Who was I speaking to about settings? Anyway, um, 
I mean, Midrand is so <laughs> fantastic. Okay? I mean, I, for want of a better word, I don't want to say anything mean. But I mean, it's, it's, I've lived there for a short while, and it's, it's just rich. It's, it's, and it's a puzzle. And I think, I feel like we're a puzzle, mm. right? So then when you find a place that is fitting mm. for the puzzle that we are, and when I say we, I mean me, my family, my community, this country, the continent, yeah. the, like just all kinds of we's are a puzzle. Mm. And then you find a place that is so bizarre, right? That it, 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 it has you not pretend mm. that you're not a puzzle. And I just think that's what's nice about it. Like it it's, it's odd things can happen there um, that reflect the oddities hmm. of, of life and the, the strangeness of life. And, and that's why I liked it. I mean, I sometimes feel I haven't, it's not fully milked. I mean, I, there's, there's so much more to do with Midrand. I mean, you, you find some <laughs> fascinating characters. So is it, do you think maybe, I, I don't know, is it that Mojisola has to kind of leave the Cape, leave the Western Cape to kind of find, you know, is, is it the great Joburg novel then? more generally. Does she have to, because mm. she's breaking away from, yes. you know, her home something, space, yeah. and that does mean something. Yeah. And then, you know, in as much as she's exploring, you know, a world which was her daughter's, you know, I mean, in the former sense, mm. um, it, it also steadily becomes her world yeah. because of the people she meets. You know, you have this kind of weird thing where she's kind of infiltrating the life and making it into her own. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I think, so that's two, it's like, did, did, did she have to leave a place to one other place? So mm. the, definitely, yes, there's this idea that she has to move away. And then the other, I guess what you're asking, did it have to be leaving Cape Town for Midrand? <laughs> um, and there's a way, I mean, she's definitely in a very neat Cape Town. There are many Cape Towns, and she's in a very neat one, mm. a tidy, uh, ordered. And she goes to a, a kind of a ruffled um, midrand hmm. um, because she's ruffled and yeah. she, she needs to be somewhere that sort of reflects, reflects that back to herself and maybe forces something. So, who knows? <laughs> so, I think um, before we, we, we throw it open to questions, I, I, I do want to, to kind of linger on the question of Structuring, you yeah. know, because I, to come back to it, I think one of the things that really sat with me when I was reading this book, you know, as someone who, who has to read a lot of fiction for what I do, um, it is very, very well structured. It's a very tightly mm. um, woven story, and it's very well edited. I think you, you know, that's something that one shouldn't take for granted, that you, you've, you've kind of put together a story which doesn't have slab, it mm, doesn't have excess, mm, you know, mm. and that's, that, that's what makes it into what we call a page turner, you know, mm. you don't feel like, okay, I'm kind of treading water to get to the next part. Yeah. Um, how exhaustive was the kind of drafting process for this? Was yeah. it something that you, you had to kind of put away and come back to, put away and come back to, or? Yeah, I mean, well, firstly, 20,000 words of flab <laughs> were cut out on one occasion. <laughs> So that's a lot, that's a lot that's to a cut lot. on one occasion. Yeah. Um, I, that was maybe the biggest cut I did. And um, was 
one of the most depressing days, you know, to, lo to, lose, that, to lose that much because it's, it's the words, but also all the research that that, that was, you know. That's um, a whole boatload of kill your darlings, is, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of darlings, and um, it all had to go, and I knew it had to go, and so that was gone. So, I mean, I, you know what? I always think, because of the way I write, that's a bit all over and, and not, I don't plan the novels. Mm -hmm. I find I can't plan the novels. I, I, I find that I don't particularly want to write novels that I know how they're gonna end. Yeah. So I need a lot of mystery in the process. Um, but um, because of that, I find that the, the, the real novel happens in the editing process, yeah. in, those, in the cutting and what to add and in the stitching. Mm. Um, and that only starts maybe two, two or so years into the writing, which is why you know, I need to learn better though. Uncle Nudin often has very good advice, so I'm glad he's here. Could we have a, could we have a tutorial uh, after <laughs> oh, this? I thought that was very good advice, that the real novel happens in Through the- Through the editing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, so it, it was, it, it is rigorous. Mm. It's really rigorous. And, and I, 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 I'm, I, I try and apply that rigor to, 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 to the writing. Mm. And um, I, it's painful to edit and lose particularly that many words. But I mean, I also love the process of, of, of shaping something and this, this idea of making it better. So you, I'm willing to lose the 20,000. It's painful, it's not good for my ego that I got something so wrong for so long, but and so much energy went into the wrong direction. But um, does it make the book better? Well then, that's my job. Like not, to, not to feel good yeah. about, you know, <laughs> that I'm, I was right from the start, but hmm. that I'm willing, I'm, I'm strong enough to, to go through the rigor of what it is to be trying to make something and to make it well, or as well as you can. Yeah. Um, so I really love that process, I must say, and I feel like, and then, then I also, I rely on a number of generous people who might agree to read a manuscript mm. um, and comment. I, I find that at a particular stage in the writing really valuable. Yeah. So I do that often with a few close, close friends. Um, or writer, writer people, they don't have to be close friends actually, just people who have a good eye and that you trust and mm. that will be honest. Mm. Um, so, and when you say structure, I mean, I feel like that's what took, what it felt like long, for me anyway, the five years, but it, it, it took a long time to understand the form of the novel, how mm. to, and how, all, the, all the things that I felt belonged, how to get them to belong, mm. or how to understand that they don't belong and, mm. and cut them out. Mm. Um, and so that was the process, and then to, to find the structure. Um, and I really fought for that structure. I remember the, one of the first editors I worked with, or maybe the second, she said, she told me that the chapters had to be the same length. I was like, no, you know, typically, you know, this is how, and, and I was just like, that makes no sense. Like, what, like with the, the, edit this book. You know, don't give me your editing, your general editing. I edit this novel. If, if, tell me why this novel needs to be in that, in that structure. Um, and to her credit, I mean, she, we fought a lot and she'd come, oh, I see you're right. Or certain things. I mean, for that, she was like, no, you, you had to defend a number of things because it, it is a, a funnier structure. And, um, but I, I worked hard to try to get to that and I felt I could defend it at that point. But it was, it was through a lot of work yeah. over the years and understanding I'm, what I was trying to do. I'm very glad that you did. It's a, it's a, it's a wonderful <laughs> novel. Thank you, thank you. 
Thank you, everyone, for coming to this lovely panel. And thank you, of course, to thank you very much, my Wamele. dear conversationalist, Yuande. Please give her a hand. Thank you very much. And thank you as well. Too. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of PageCast. We have an incredible lineup of author interviews, so head over to our Facebook and Instagram and follow Jonathan Ball Publishers to stay updated and in the know regarding future episodes. Thanks for your interest in the story behind the story. Happy reading from everyone at PageCast.